0: This podcast is brought to you from Grantwood AEA, an educational service agency that supports school districts in eastern Iowa with a focus on equity, excellence, and efficiency in education for all children. Welcome to episode 68 of the EdTech Takeout, the podcast that serves up bite-sized technology tips for teachers. My name's Jonathan Wiley, and joining me today are two of my favorite people. First up, Mindy Carney. Hi.
1: And we've got Amber Bridge. Hello. We're all here together.
0: We are all here together. Yes. Amber's here to help us out with our, our main course today. Yeah. But we'll get to that in due course, yes. I guess.
1: News and follow-up first, right?
0: Yeah, let's straight to business, okay. I guess.
1: Yeah. Oh, did you want to chat about something?
0: Too Just late personal now. Personal talk? Okay. No. All right. Business socks?
1: Yes, business socks on. <gasps> have you watched Flight of the Concords? Do you know that song? We've talked about this before. We have talked about this have before. Have you seen Do you know this song? I've sent it to you. You did? Yes. Okay. Do you know this song? Business business Sack song? It's not appropriate for this podcast. We'll tell you about it later. (laughs) Sounds good.
0: (laughs) So, uh, first up on using follow up (laughs) is we've talked about the immersive reader in Wakelet before. Yes. Haven't we? I think so. So, that anything you put on your Wakelet, you could um, have read with the immersive reader. Yeah. And they added something else called read mode. Right. Where if you add like a link to your Wakelet, Mm -hmm. to a website or something when you Mm -hmm. click on that link to go to the website
1: No. no you have to click on the read mode and so in the tile where it has the picture of the link and pictures that it pulls in the read mode is on that you have to click on that and it will put pull that link into immersive reader otherwise it's just the text yeah straight text on the page
0: all right and Next it says, like, animal
1: beta animal on it, too, or
2: something. It it's not, say beta. It
1: looks like a little bookmark,
2: kind of. Or yeah, like kind a, of a book open with a little
1: yeah. hangy-down bookmark yeah. Yeah, flag. Yep, but I think it says beta on it, so don't be afraid to click it. You're going to love it. All of the immersive reader tools and toys. All
0: right, sounds good.
1: Yeah, it's good stuff.
0: What else? We finally got the audio in Google Slides. I have it, too. Yes.
1: But I haven't used it. Have you used it?
0: I have used it, Yes. Yeah. Um, because I think the thing I was always curious about was, could you add like audio to the, like the first slide yeah. and have it play the whole way through your slide deck
1: oh. or does it just play for that one slide? Oh, that's a good question. What's and the answer?
0: The answer is you can do it. Really? Yes. Yep. There's a little switch that lets you um, turn that on and off.
2: Kind okay. of if you go up like and you select it, right, then you get the format options. Format
0: options. options. Oh, just like sure. you do with videos. videos.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, Uh because I was
0: was doing this with my daughter recently. She had to do a presentation in art, and she wanted music in the background for whatever reason. Sure. And I said, yeah, you can do that. You just go, oh, you don't have it either. Um, (laughs) So we ended up hacking it by putting like... YouTube videos and sure. hiding them behind like white squares and yeah, stuff right. like that, and but then when you go to the next slide, the, the YouTube video would have to start playing again from the beginning, yeah, and right. so what a pain. Yeah. yeah, it was kind of weird. So insert audio is here for everybody.
1: Yeah, now. but it's still like a file you have to upload, right? Like you can't record audio straight in. Yeah. Correct. And it's, I mean, this has been around long enough or been talked about long enough. Why isn't that an option just to record straight in? Why? I
2: on, I always defer
1: me. all audio questions to Jonathan. Wiley. Okay, why?
0: I don't know. Mm. I mean, it's well, bit, Google. You can record your webcam audio yes, straight there. It right. would make sense that they'd have yes. the same kind of tool for audio. Yes.
2: So, I what I thought was kind of interesting was I looked at Richard Burns' uh, site mm-hmm. as to how he was explaining it, and he mentioned that Vocal VocalRoo is having yep. an update, and yep. they're in beta, and. The reason with that is because of the whole flash flash right in 2020 and things are changing. So Mm -hmm. Volcaroo is going to stick around. Because you and I just talked about Mm -hmm. Volcaroo the other day. We We did, yeah. yeah. So that's going to stick around. But I'm kind of wondering if maybe with that switch or maybe some of that technology Mm -hmm. will hopefully trickle into the Google world. I don't know.
0: I did see a blog post from Greg Kulowich who wrote something up on how to do narrated storybooks with oh, Google Slides, nice. I thought, yeah. that was a fun idea. Mm-hmm. So I'll throw that in there. Yeah, um, good. I think you mentioned Vocaroo is one of those tools for recording yeah. your audio, too.
1: Right. OK. Oh, boy. Let's talk a little bit about the new updated look of Google Forms, Amber Bridge, who's the only one that has it. <laughs> it is so goofy. You guys didn't have audio.
2: No, I had it. I'm like, hey, look, Forms VIP looks list. a little different. Yeah, you're the only one. Yeah, right. It, it's just a cleaner look, right? Yeah. I mean, there's not too much different. I As we were just taking a look, I am kind of excited that the whole image doesn't stretch on the top right of a the Google header. form now. Right. It's kind of cropped, and maybe they will look a little bit nicer. Yeah. Um, but I don't notice a whole just lot more of stream.
1: It just looks updated, right? Like the icons are a little bit more updated. Mm-hmm. Like you would find in other, um, Google apps and stuff. So yeah, it's, I mean, it's not life shattering. Uh-uh. Yeah. Nope. Don't get so excited about it, mm-hmm. but
0: yeah. The link I saw from Google says the updated design is consistent <laughs> with other Google tools, sure. including classroom and docs. Oh, so I'm just trying to bring them all back in the, the same design stable. I yeah. Guess. Right.
1: Okay. I don't know anything about this next one on your list, Wiley.
0: Insert collapsible text boxes into the new Google sites.
1: Text boxes.
0: Yes, those. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, like on a a Google help page, sometimes it will have more than one way to do something. So It'll be like edit a form and it'll be like insert questions, how to um, add video, how to, you know... Do different question types, yes. and then it has little drop-down things yep. where you click on it, and that's what those are for Google oh, Sites. Nice. Now huh. you can like do little that collapsible our... boxes. Cool. Sometimes Boxies. you see them in like FAQs, <laughs> where you would have a list of all the questions, and then you click on the box yes. to Ooh. expand it. Yeah. And then you would see all the information there, so you can yeah. do your own FAQ page on a Google site. I like
1: that.
0: Another Google update. Oh yeah, we got You've lots been of Google updates. Super
1: excited about this. You think? We've been talking a lot about rubrics lately we in did. the Google Classroom rubrics.
0: <laughs> so I got an email from Google because I'm in the rubrics beta, and it says we are excited to share that instructors will now be able to reuse rubrics in both classrooms and assignments. Thanks, Google, <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> you have the ability to create a rubric from scratch or reuse an existing rubric. So that was always the big complaint. It's yeah, like so dumb. Yes. Yeah, so but I, when things
1: are in beta, that's the way it works, I suppose. So. But
0: people are listening, yeah. and whenever people right. ask me about it, and they said, wait, I can't, and I, you know that help button down yeah. in the bottom left-hand corner? Click that, fill in the feedback, because yeah, right. they do read your feedback. Yeah, right. Yes.
1: So this just came out, it was just today?
0: As of this, recording, today, yep.
1: tour builder with Google Earth of sorts? Okay, I haven't looked at it at all. The email is in my inbox, but what what's going on? Did you look at it?
0: Well, you know in like the old version of Google Earth, like the yeah. desktop version for yeah. Mac and PC and things, you could create these little tours. Yeah. And when they went to the web, that was something they didn't carry over straight away. So, okay. it's basically that version oh. of that functionality they've brought oh. over to the web. I see. So, you get to create your own little tours inside the Google Earth web platform.
1: All right. Thank you, Google. Again. Yeah. Yes. For bringing back old tools <laughs> that you had before.
0: Yeah, and if you've used yeah. that tool,
1: dust them off. Yeah. <laughs> oh wow, that was a really good idea. Let's bring it back. Um, I added one on here that Seesaw added a draft mode, so that students who don't haven't finished a creation of some sort or a post of some sort can put it into draft mode, where before um. I don't know, there are some weird workarounds for it that they might submit it and then teachers would not approve it and push it back to kids and or they'd have to go and make a copy of it and just a hot mess. So now they have draft mode. So when you're in, in creating, there's a little new draft mode button and you can just click on it and it puts it into your drafts. And so students can come back to it and finish it later. This, however, is only for Seesaw for Schools.
0: Really? Yeah,
1: rats, rats. Sorry, guys.
0: Seems like the last two or three yep. big updates have been for mm-hmm. schools, and
1: that's I think, I think they are like they did um, some of those updates as far as what the um, creation board looked like. Did filter, of course, over into um, the free mo- or the free um, accounts, but I think all of the good stuff now is just going to go to see software schools. Seesaw, the free Seesaw account is still fantastic, so Mm -hmm. um, don't get too worked up about it. But yeah, I think all of these extra little things are—you're only going to see them in Seesaw for schools now.
0: Well, if you're going to have a pro account, you want to not even a pro account. I
1: don't even think you get it with your like. Like, I don't, I don't know that I necessarily would have it, except Mm -hmm. that I am um, attached to some Seesaw for schools. Accounts with our district, so I can see it because of that. But I don't even know that, like my ambassador account has it. Okay, I'm not for certain. It's kind of hard sometimes for me to tell. But um, what I read was that it was seesaw for schools. So
0: there you go. There you go. Yep. Last but not least, International Podcast Day. I asked you a question.
1: You do?
2: Oh Oh, my! I asked you if you
0: listened to your podcast at 1x oh, or yeah. 2x and so forth. Remember that? <laughs> yes. And we both said we listened to 1x, and I have to backtrack a little. I'm just doing a little correction on the yes. air here.
1: okay. Oh. My
0: podcast oh, app uses something think. called Smart Speed. Oh, okay. And what it does is it cuts out the silences in between people talking. Oh. So it doesn't, like, speed up your podcast. But, I mean, you'll still get through it quicker. Little, yeah, yeah right. it cuts out all the little the long pauses and things yeah. like that and you can turn that on and off if you want if you're listening to like a dramatic storytelling podcast you might want it on for effect but if yeah. you're listening to us yeah Oof. and we're just like yeah. pausing <laughs> because we're thinking of words that are not coming into <laughs> our head then yeah smart speed's good for that huh so interesting I look, and I look, that's on overcast is that's on overcast, overcast yeah, yeah it says yeah. i've saved six hours of podcast listening Whoa. by using smart speed
1: wow what are you going to do with your extra six hours of life do you feel six hours more productive? Yeah.
0: Absolutely. Okay. Yeah.
1: So I have a question about this because I feel like I need to find a new podcast player. Because when I'm in my car and I'm listening to podcasts, what's super annoying to me is that in my just regular like iPhone podcast app, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: They In the list, it's most recent. And if I'm trying to catch up, so if I mm-hmm. play this one and I have... It automatically goes to the one below it, which is the one I just listened to.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I want them to play up through the chronological order. Oh, so does Overcast do that? Yeah. So does it start with one at the top? Like I could start at one, and it will just automatically play through them? Because it's not real safe for me to try and find my next episode while I'm driving.
0: It can. So you can flip a switch to automatically play the next one mm-hmm. if you want or oh, not.
1: Podcast has that, and I just haven't.
0: Yeah, I wonder seen it. would it be possible to like have it delete the podcast after you've listened to it
1: yeah and i have that turned on i don't know i always think about when i'm in my car driving like (laughs) this is super annoying and not safe at all
0: yeah and you never think about it until you're in your uh -uh. car and you're going this is super annoying yeah Yeah. so
1: i'm glad you made me think of it now when i'm like on like solid ground i can now go look after this podcast is over figure it out sounds good all right news and follow-up complete 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 All right. Up next, main course served to you piping hot is, what happened to flipped classroom? <laughs> Bringing Amber Bridge in. <laughs> our resident flipped classroom expert. Are you? Mm, I don't know. You're okay. a
0: resident expert. Resident, I can't think of anybody maybe. with more residency and more expertise.
1: Okay. If you yeah. say so. Um, okay. Wear that badge. Just wear it. All
2: right. Put your tear that, on. That sounds fine.
0: Yes. Yeah, so, I mean, this kind of came up. In conversation, I guess between the three of us a little bit mm-hmm. because I was looking at some resources and things for a screencasting class I'm doing and I wanted to include some things on blended learning and flipped classrooms and stuff, and then I started looking around and I I didn't see as much stuff as I thought I would find, or sure. much recent stuff. It was all like four and five year old Edutopia articles and sure. things, and so I thought Hey, Amber would know mm-hmm. what what did happen to flip classrooms. So
2: Um I I think it's I think it's interesting to think about flip classroom because if you go back like if I have my golden girls moment, right? Oh, okay. Like so mm-hmm. picture it. Yes. 2011, mm-hmm. you know.
1: We the need world... some like fancy like sound effects like <laughs>
2: <laughs> The yes. world was a little bit different place yes. in 2011, right? right. 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 Yes. And I remember getting a little ding in my Digo feed Uh with an infographic on Flipped Classroom Uh and being like, this is it. Yeah, right. This is going to change everything. And I went to my principal, and she was very supportive, and Mm -hmm. my school district was very supportive. And they bought me some stuff, and I tried some stuff. Mm -hmm. And so from 2011 to 2014, I tried a lot of different things. Sure. So I guess... I'll be a resident expert. Okay, we'll take it.
0: What did you do in your in your classroom when you were flipping? Can you
2: sure <laughs> when you were flipping? When I was a flipping teacher, <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, well, I started off really simply, and you got to think about 2011. There weren't all the tech tools sure. out there in the world. Yes, there were some good ones. I had five that I used that helped me a lot. I started with just an iPad, and at that point in time. Literally my principal bought me an iPad that didn't have um the front camera oh, on it. Oh, wow. It was yeah. that generation. The iPad. iPad one. I think it was iPad one. <laughs> and then like <laughs> immediately the front camera came out. I'm like Um, Can you you do something about this? (laughs) She was able to help me with that. Um, So I had an iPad and I just set up my iPad and I recorded myself talking mm -hmm, at my kitchen table. mm -hmm. Um, So iPad, YouTube, that's how I started out. Um, I've trickled in Google Forms with that because I wanted to collect some data back uh, from my students to see what they were getting out of the videos. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, all right, it would be really great if I had an editor.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: to
2: kind of help me make these look a little bit nicer. And so that's when Camtasia came into my life. Oh, wow. You and guys have had, so mm-hmm. have had a long relationship. We have had a long relationship, yeah. Um, and then finally, the last one to kind of complete that original five was Explain Everything. Oh, sure. And man, Explain Everything, when it first came out, was amazing mm-hmm. to be able to record and put pictures in yeah, right. and tell a story and do some editing in there. right? And so... I basically started with one pilot class and then trickled it out through all of my science classrooms. And I always surveyed my students. I got feedback from them and resoundingly like 80-85% of them said they liked watching videos as homework which mm-hmm. was what my promise was to them with it that it felt like they helped them understand concepts better and they, about 70% of them said they remembered to watch on a regular basis. Mm. Um, so as I was kind of collecting data from them, I tried different things. I did a very traditional, watch a video, come to class, we do something different. Sure. Then I was like, you know, this works, but we can do other things. And so I started trying what um, Ramsey Musalam said, called just-in-time flipping, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that was – I watch what my students are doing in class and figure out what they need and make a video on the fly and yeah, hand- assign right. them some as work. Mm-hmm. And that definitely helps some of the students to go a little bit deeper. Sure. I also um, tried personalized videos, which Ooh. I took to my iPad mm-hmm. and I had a list of like five kiddos that were just struggling with sure. vocabulary in class would go over to them, we'd have a conversation, and I would record it on my iPad. Oh, nice, yeah. Hmm. And then share it back to them. And so they had their own personalized video. Mm -hmm. Um, And then as the year went on, we would get into some mastery stuff with it where I had all the videos laid out and they could work through it at their own pace. Nice. And we just kept going. Mm -hmm. And they were working through projects that they were really interested in.
1: Mm. Like, so So, pioneer. You're a pioneer,
0: Amber Bridge.
1: Oh,
2: all right. Um, Expert and pioneer. All the things to add to my Twitter (laughs) handle.
0: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to ask like a kind of a... I can't even think of the word for this now, but um, this is where you need the smart speed to uh, skip over this part on your podcast. (laughs) Uh, A practical question, which would be like, how did you structure all your, I mean, you probably uploaded your videos to YouTube, but was that where you sent kids to YouTube to go watch your videos or did you have like a classroom site or or some kind of LMS or...
2: So this was also before Google Classroom yes. existed. Mm-hmm. So you know, different times, yeah. right? Yeah. So I did have a YouTube channel. I, it still is up, oh. um, which I was kind of surprised about. <laughs> oh, <laughs> here you are. I haven't added anything to it in a while. Um, but I had a YouTube channel that I would create playlists of the videos on different topics and themes that we were doing. Mm-hmm. But I would have the assigned video go to a Google site, and so I would embed the video on a Google site, and then. You Using Google Forms, I would stick the form right underneath it that sure. they were supposed to complete while watching the video. Mm-hmm. Okay.
0: So that Google site was like like your home base for yep. yeah. The old school Google site too. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, they were fun. Oh boy. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> so this is interesting though, because like Wiley said, um, and and you even said it with your results about how your students were how impactful they thought it was or effective Mm -hmm. they thought it was on on their learning. But you know, like Wiley said, you go and look for information on flipped classrooms and you're not seeing a lot. However, I feel like we are seeing and hearing people talk more about it, but they're doing more of the watching within their classroom. So blended learning, I think, really has kind of taken that maybe and brought it into the classroom because as we kind of get further in our evolution of teaching is that we start thinking about what are those kids that don't have devices at home you know how does that work for them and um being very responsive to that so with flipped learning if we're bringing it into the classrooms it's still the same principles of what you're talking about but it just looks a little bit different absolutely you would
2: call that the in-class flip right Right. and so if you think about all of that, it's just front loading for your students, right? right? It's giving them the opportunity to slow down your lecture. I always remember <laughs> that I thought it was funny but it's very very true mm-hmm. students don't know how to watch a video mm-hmm. for educational purposes mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. i thought that in 2011 i still think that today 92. in 2019 yep. i had a student that came up to me and said you talk really fast in your video mm-hmm. and i said there's a pause button yeah right <laughs> and so that was kind of a moment for me saying we need to talk about this yeah. i'm going to just because one student's asking about it there's probably more sure. students that are struggling with it as well sure yeah
0: So I wondered if uh, flipped classrooms were becoming kind of symptomatic of that educational cycle. You know, every so often there's like there's that new hot thing that comes around. And right now it seems to be around blended learning and some people will put flipped classroom in with blended learning and things like that. But um, I was wondering if that's maybe one of the reasons why Mm -hmm. I don't know. You hear less about it because people are always trying to look for that one new thing and. Yeah. Replace it with that or
2: Yeah, that's it's a really good point like you don't so you say you don't hear much about it
0: mm-hmm. but yeah. maybe
2: the people that were talking about it are now doing something else. Right. right? And so there's now other people that are talking about it and moving mm-hmm. forward with it. Right. I do think that with the amount of one-to-one environments that it's become easier to do the in-class flip mm-hmm. right. and a lot of people have kind of felt I would say there was a pushback, right, with mm-hmm. flipped classroom because they said, yes, if I give videos as homework, then we'll be able to continue on down the path and go faster through the things right, that we're already sure. doing. Right. But that maybe wasn't necessarily things that were engaging students. Mm-hmm. What I found to be helpful for me is that I made very conscious decisions about things I wanted students to be able to do more of that we did not have time to in 42 minutes. Sure, right. And so I thought about those things and I said, okay, if I give up this lecture time here, because I really am not an amazing lecturer. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> but if I give up that time, how can we, how can I get kids active in their learning deeper into skills that I right. want them to be practicing? So for me as a science teacher, we would get all, I would prep you know, and front load the procedure that they were doing with the experiment. Mm-hmm. They would watch in videos. They, that 10 minutes of class, they would get back. They would come in, ready to sure, go, sure. go. They would experiment. And now they would ha- actually have the time to work on their explanations mm-hmm. and really process what it is they saw, what they were a part of. And really, that's what we want our students to do. Right, it gives doing. you more opportunity
1: to like have, build a relationship with those students, right? Because you, yes. it's hard to build a relationship in front of a room. So um, when you have that time to coach them through something, it becomes more, I think, a better community and a better climate for learning than it is with you standing at the front of the room, like you said, lecturing about something else. Absolutely. Yeah. I felt like
2: I knew my students so much better.
1: Yeah, right. Yeah.
2: And especially because I had – a little bit of data coming in right mm-hmm. so sure. I could see oh hey Sarah didn't quite get this and mm-hmm. neither did Tom I am gonna make sure to go over and be at their table during their experiment right and be talking with them and kind of like you said coaching them mm-hmm. through everything that's happening
1: yeah. And, you know, we work with blended learning. I'm going to bring this back to blended learning a little yeah. bit just because I do think that that's kind of the new place that we're seeing this is that I still hear teachers say, but they're not watching our videos, So they're putting them into Edpuzzle because then you can track to see mm-hmm. who's watching or how they're watching. Or I don't even know all the statistics in Edpuzzle that you can pull. But I think it's important to remember that you still have to keep those videos short, right? So yes. you kind of said – about finding ways to chunk your instruction, but also about some video comprehension, right? So you have to model those types of things. You can't just, I know teenagers, I know middle schoolers, I know my four-year-old was an expert video watcher, but the purpose for their watching is different at home than it is in a classroom, and we cannot expect our students to be able to take information from a video automatically Because they're good TV watchers. It's just, it's not the same type of thing.
2: Well, it's the same thing of like, yes, students can handwrite, but can they take notes? Right. Do they know effective ways to pull out that information from it? And so I found that to be probably, I hope, one of the gifts that I was able to give some of those classes uh, that they could carry with them of becoming a little bit better of a note taker Mm -hmm. through different strategies and styles that we used. Right.
1: Um, and I just recently and I had just because you were we were just asking about this video comprehension thing, yes, too, I not was. that long ago. Mm-hmm. Um, there are a couple, I think, interesting resources out there, whether or not they're super research based. I don't know. I don't know that there is a ton of research out there about um, good strategies for video comprehension. But maybe we can put those in the show notes, too, or just some resources that um, we've kind of accumulated of how and um, I don't know, talking points with your kids or questions that they should be asking themselves. It's not just about giving them a graphic organizer right? either. So um, how important it is, I'm going to say it again, is to model that with your kids, mm-hmm. please.
2: I think one of those very first things that I learned from probably two of the pioneers were John Bergman and Aaron Sams. And one of the things they said, they were high school teachers mm-hmm. that would spend a week yeah. of how to take notes on a video yeah. in a high school classroom. Yeah. like Yeah. That's some precious, precious time. Yeah, it is. Sure. But you, they were able to go so much further and deeper because yeah. they spent that time on Well, and front. that's a
1: skill then that goes on for, I mean, it's like teaching Never. your kids to, um, to learn while they're reading. It's the same type of thing. So that's a skill that overlaps on so many different levels. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, let me pick up on that uh, John Bergman reference on there. Because yeah. when I was doing some research, I found some of his older videos. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of interesting to Is watch them. it nostalgic? Them. Huh? It like, was nostalgic oh <laughs> because, like, he was talking about, you know, the old complaint you get, like, uh, what if uh, my students can't watch this video at home? What are mm-hmm. the alternatives? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so he's talking about, you know, putting things on a DVD for them. He's oh, talking yeah. about buying these little MP4 players off Amazon, like oh, yes. these little tiny screens on them. Yeah. Uh, And all this kind of stuff. And I'm like, wow. Um, And that made me think, like, so things have really moved on in terms of the technology Mm -hmm. and the tools and things that people would use for flipped classrooms. So,
2: In some ways.
0: In some ways. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I
2: was actually down in a district talking with someone, and they said, you know, we have a one-to-one environment at school. Mm -hmm. But still, not every kid Mm -hmm. when they go home have access to wi-fi right yeah they just don't or even maybe good wi-fi or, that allows you to stream something exactly right exactly yeah. and so they had talked about how their school was starting to provide hotspots that, yeah. that they could be checked out and nice. maybe it's not checked out by everybody but there still is a bit of an equity
0: issue there mm-hmm. yeah or maybe put it in, putting it in places like google drive where they could download the video at right. school sure. so that it's yeah. available offline that's at a good home. Idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so if you were doing it today, Amber, what kind of tools would you turn to given your knowledge and experience now and what you know is available now?
2: Yeah. Yeah. I know so much has changed since I left the classroom. It's kind of crazy. Yeah. Um, Mindy mentioned one of them. I think Edpuzzle would have been very helpful. Mm Mm-hmm. I I feel, though, and I'd be curious to hear what you guys thought about this, too. I was talking with teachers very early on when I started the agency about Edpuzzle and telling mm-hmm. them about some of the features of it. Yeah. And one of the features that Edpuzzle, I think, has had for a really long time is the ability to not skip.
0: Yes. Yeah. Teacher superpowers, I think they call it or uh-huh. something.
2: What do you guys think about that?
0: Yeah, I can see both sides of that coin.
1: I skip videos all the time. I fast forward to what I need.
0: Yes, and I guess the implication here is, our students fast-forwarding to the questions just to answer the right. questions Absolutely. and go forward? Sure. But and- if
1: they know the answer to the question, should they have to watch it? Exactly, that's, yes. Yeah, that's the
0: point. Yeah, that's the other side of the coin. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. I know, it's interesting. I mean, I understand, because they're, I don't know, I think this is why table of contents and videos is so important, because... We talked about this uh, video that you and I were sharing with participants that was an hour long, and we're like, we really think this chunk is the important part, but there might be lots of things in here that might be beneficial to people. So creating, like, it's kind of a pain, but creating a table of contents for that video so you can find what you need, I don't know. I think that's why it's also important that your video should only be a very short amount of time. So, like, if I can watch a video for five minutes and get what I need... Or answer the one question after. I mean, I don't feel like that's as big of a waste of my time. I don't know.
0: And maybe some Sweet of it comes jumping still. Maybe some of it comes back to like doing that kind of like pre assessment of a topic before, right. you know, you just jump in and say, All right, here's the first lesson yeah. sort of thing. Then you know ahead of time and maybe it goes back to what Amber was saying about differentiating a little bit yeah. with some of those videos that mm-hmm. some kids get this video and the rest just get, you know, the regular video. Mm-hmm. So
2: It's interesting to think about because, like, one of the things that would come up is, like, so did all the kids watch the videos, right? Mm -hmm. So my kids told me, like, 70% of them usually remembered to watch it. Right. Okay. And I would try to do things to help them be successful for that. I would have... Uh, watch parties over lunch uh-huh. and before oh, school and, nice. and invite everybody to come in <laughs> and just play it and you guys can watch it and if Today you need to pause showing. it go ahead and our special education teacher did the same thing with her group nice. of students too and it connects with those ideas in some ways like because I want my students to be successful I was offering those things mm-hmm, right mm-hmm. so if they already know it is it mm-hmm. making them be successful to watch every single second of a video that you've made?
0: Yeah, and I remember you telling me a story once, and maybe you don't remember telling me this, or okay. maybe it was somebody mm. else, but... Oh, let's see. <laughs> did you not say at one point that um, like your cat became kind oh. of a frequent visitor in your videos, and that students used to tune awesome. in to see your cat sometimes as well? And so it makes me wonder if you can put like little hooks or little things in there to yeah. make students want to think about tuning in to your videos mm-hmm. i doing this with my screencasting class i said hey maybe once in a while you could like throw a green screen behind you and then you know you could be in some different place when you're doing your, sure. your video virtually and uh, students could uh, be curious as to where you are this mm-hmm. time but you know little hooks or little yeah, fun things that they can agent. tune in and make them want to watch your videos
1: yeah if you're yes. just droning on like you would at the front of the room like yeah Come on, right? Don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> you
2: did m- remember correctly, Jonathan. Okay. <laughs> yes, um, I would just make my videos either at the kitchen table or sitting. I found my footstool to actually be a nice height. Oh, yeah. That if I sat on the floor and my footstool is in front sure. of me, that's where I would put it. And then my couch would be behind me, and so my cat would like hang out on the back <laughs> of the couch behind me. Just, like swat at your head. That'd be awesome. <laughs> not quite that. Not quite that extreme. But I did have a student um, that's. Who had some behavior disorders and things like that, that just struggled in other areas, but he always watched no. these videos. And I talked to him at one point, and he's like, I didn't have the cat in a video, uh-huh. and it was a big deal. It's uh-huh. like i am you have to have the cats in the video. <laughs> and so I, then I started doing, like, call-outs to the cats, like, hey, there's Phil. Say hello. <laughs> but anything you can do to make relationships yeah, right. with your kids, right? Mm-hmm. And so that they can know you as a human being and a person, and you, in turn, get to know them a little bit more by having conversations mm-hmm. and it opening kind of the door to your life.
1: Right. And I think, you know, talking about tools a little bit, like Khan Academy is great. YouTube is great. Um, if you need an instructional video of some sort, but your students mm-hmm. really would prefer to you. see you. Yeah. Yeah. And I, it is time consuming. It absolutely is. So, you know, you don't have to do every instructional video that you share with your students, but make an appearance mm-hmm. when you need to. And every once in a while, at least because they'd rather hear from you than someone else.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. Um, If we think back to tools, right? That was the initial Mm -hmm. question. (laughs) Um, The other two tools that I think and they kind of go together is and I started to get to this at the very end of my exploration was I would offer choice assessments to students and Mm -hmm. allow them to make videos as examples of what they learned mm-hmm. and some of them were pretty good and some of them were not so good mm-hmm. uh, but the ones that were good I thought oh we could reuse this next year oh, instead sure. of me being mm-hmm. someone doing this they could mm-hmm. listen to each other and it could be this you know kind of cool library that forms over the years yeah. and I think that Flipgrid I was gonna say, that totally like, Flipgrid, right? like especially that mixtape feature in yes. Flipgrid of being able to pull from this one or this one or this one mm-hmm. uh, I think would be really cool to be able to have a student generated thing because there really is some To I can tell you five times what it is. Absolutely. And then because another student says it to you, Mm -hmm. you will get it that time. Right. Which I think is kind of the whole layer of this, right? Is that so so I had a form that I would ask them to fill out. There's nothing to say that as they're watching this video at home. Sally's not sitting next to me telling me what to put in my yeah, form because right. Sally watched that video right. but they had a conversation, conversation about, about the con- the topic mm. right and I thought oh I'm going to get them I'm going to ask the kids to <laughs> gotcha. take notes and they'll I will do the note yeah. check instead of the Google form but you know what even if they're copying someone's notes they're still getting the content and they're yeah, getting sure. it through handwriting and their conversation with each other so it's really you know mm-hmm. about that community right of Absolutely. support that they all try to get and generate from each other you creating a video starts to get it into their hands a little bit different
0: mm-hmm. and there's all those but. new tools now in flipgrid for the, yeah. the shorts camera with yep. the whiteboard and, yes. and all those other things that would really lend themselves well to which
1: is mm-hmm. also an immersive reader or in a uh, wakelet which is the other tool that i yeah. think oh, would be sorry super stole helpful. your thunder no wakelet you
0: didn't. Mm,
1: wakelet.
0: Mm, wakelet. wakelet yeah how we would you use it. wakelet
2: uh mindy and i've had this conversation many times but for playlists Mm -hmm. okay Mm -hmm. because you have that flipgrid integration i could have my tutorial video at the top and then all the other resources and supports to get them through that lesson below it Mm -hmm. and then the whole package is there whether it's a pdf whether it's pictures of lab setups Mm -hmm. or links to other websites you could do that all within wakelet which Mm -hmm. is pretty cool
0: yeah that makes sense yeah
1: Ride (laughs) ride the wave yeah so we've talked a little bit about tools are there any people that you would still you know recommend to follow if you're looking for ideas to get started
2: so uh, I would say one of the initial things that helped me so much getting started was it, with was that there was a flip class chat on Twitter. Oh, And I went on Twitter and I searched for flip class no. and they do still have the oh, flip class do, huh? chat. Um, okay. I don't know how often it is. That sure. was my error in prep for this podcast. Oh, okay. uh, but it's fine, it appeared to have happened this week. Oh, so, so I don't know if it is weekly or monthly. Sure. Uh, but if you search for that, it should be able to come It's just on. flipped class then? Yeah, uh, I
1: think
2: oh, it's flipped class Wow, chat. you really, Jeez, go
1: ahead and clickety-clack yeah. over mm, there. Sorry.
0: Yeah, so not only will you find like good resources and ideas there, but you'll have an idea of the type of people that are yeah. passionate about this right now and, and sharing things in a flipped classroom world.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Flip class chat. Flip so, class chat. Yeah, hashtag flip class chat. Uh, they have questions out there and it looked like there were people from around chatting about it. Mm. It's good. And plus us, right?
1: Like, I mean, this is yeah. something if you could reach out to any of us and we could probably Oh my gosh, absolutely. At least get you started. Mm-hmm. Get you started. Yeah. For
2: sure. Yeah. There is uh, there's a few podcasts on flipped learning too. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, there's one through the BAM radio network and then there's one called Ask the Flipped Learning Network. Hmm.
0: Is flipped learning the correct term? And we've been calling it flipped classrooms all this know. time. Yeah. Is, is that the Change more the term. correct term?
2: So I don't I don't know
0: no? I don't know okay. what the
2: answer to that is. Um, <laughs> I started using flip learning because I felt like it was more than just something that happened in the classroom. Sure, mm-hmm.
0: search for both and see what comes see up. See what
1: comes up. Huh? Yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: All right, sounds good.
1: Yeah, thanks, Amber. Yeah, thank you. Come again. All right, so on to my favorite part of the show. It's tech. Nuggets.
0: Let's do it. Let's do 10 Nuggets. OK.
1: You want to go first? You're like 15 on here.
0: I do not. Okay. I have two. All right. Uh, I have an immersive reader nugget. I uh, will try not to mess up like I messed up earlier. OK. But you can always correct me because that's you what you like to that. do.
1: I mm-hmm. I've used this before, so I know.
0: OK. So um, we spoke about the immersive reader taking over the world. And it feel like it kind of is. Um, There is an Immersive Reader Chrome extension now. Mm -hmm. Uh, However, it's not like an official Microsoft Immersive Reader Chrome extension. It was actually created by the CEO of Pear Deck as a fun little project. He uses Microsoft's um, public API that they have out there, which is an application program interface or something like that. And um, he put that together and it's available for free inside of the Chrome Web Store. So you can use it on any website right now. You can uh, bring up those Immersive <laughs> Reader tools.
1: Any website? Okay. I don't know. Explain. I, um, I don't know. It's like I, it's not an actual Microsoft Immersive Reader. So I Correct. don't feel like it's, I said that. Yeah, I don't think you should um, expect it to work anywhere at any time. That's my only stipulation about it, but it does work really well. I I think think. it
0: works better on almost like, you know, the Safari reader mode in terms of if you're on like a blog post or an article type of thing, if you're using like the front page of CNN or something like that, it kind of scrambles some stuff. Yeah, and
1: kind of like Wonderopolis, right? Like you want to click all the way into the links that you need and be on that actual page before you try and use it because it does get a little. Yes. It's a little weird here and there, but it is, I think it's fantastic.
0: The quote I saw online yeah. from the uh, Microsoft yeah. uh, guy says, we support it, but the person who created it, if they take it down and people are using it, and we don't want the yeah. blame for it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Just to be clear. Yeah.
0: Yeah. We're, we're glad that it's out there, but yeah, uh, yeah it's, it's up to that person to maintain it and to mm-hmm. keep it going.
1: Yeah. I think it's great if you're not like a read-write Google school, you know, it's a great free tool yeah yeah all right um so i could possibly we could possibly have already done these tech nuggets but i'm going to put them out there again one of them is um snack vids is this the one that you said you thought maybe we had done before no Mm -hmm. okay so the way the snack vids works is that um you take your youtube video link and you put the youtube video link into snack vids and it creates a um, written transcript of the video. Then you can do a keyword search within that video, and it will give you the timestamp of when you go and look in that video for that part of the video. So, could be really good for a flipped classroom. It could. <laughs> it could. Yeah. Mm. So.
0: Definitely save you some time. I know I've spent yeah. a lot of time like scanning through yeah. videos, dragging the playhead around, trying to find the exact spot. Yeah, and that would take you right to it.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I, um, I don't think it's beautiful. I will tell you that. Like when you mm-hmm. go in, it's not like it's like using the um, command F, right? That's oh. what it looks like. It like highlights the words and then it shows you where it's at in the video. But it's better than nothing and could be really beneficial. So I think it's kind of a neat little tool.
0: And that snackvidscom
1: snackvidscom okay yeah
0: okay so my second nugget I got another Microsoft one here I doubling up on Microsoft I today guess so um, PowerPoint presenter coach on the web um, so PowerPoint is available on the web if you were unaware of that and you can sign in to access that with Microsoft account a free account. This feature allows you to rehearse your presentation and it will give you feedback on things like pacing, inclusive language, use of filler words, and culturally like. insensitive phrases. Oh,
1: culturally insensitive phrases. No. Wow. Yeah. There are so many phrases out there. I think that we say we have no idea what the actual background of those phrases are. That'd be Probably. super mm. interesting. Just mm. to... It
0: pops up in real time. I had a little pop up on the screen that will yeah. say Red flag. You're, you're going a bit fast, oh. or you're oh. you're reading the slide. It will say Speaking things like that listening. too. So, and yes, yeah, right? try yeah. to use less ums and as it says, yeah. uh, it pops up. So it gives you a chance to rehearse a presentation before giving it. Hmm. If you are someone who goes to conferences a lot and you want to yeah. try running. Are you doing your- this
1: at home, like in front of the mirror? Oh, Are you? Are You, have you don't you have to do it in front
0: of the mirror it? anymore because no, you have true. the PowerPoint presenter coach. <laughs> it seems coach. Funnier, though to have you sitting in front
1: of a mirror giving it a shot.
0: Yeah. Um. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I thought it was an interesting idea. And I wonder if Google might uh, replicate any of those types of coaching elements in Google Slides.
1: Mm-hmm. I like that.
0: Mm-hmm. Something different. I have yeah. a video from Richard Byrne, I think, that shows you how to use that term. Oh, the burn.
1: All right. Um, so I have one, two, three apps. And actually, Amber and I came across this. And I do. Wiley definitely, I think, thinks that he shared this at one point in time. But I did not remember it. So I'm gonna take. That doesn't heart. surprise
0: me at all. You
1: do this to me all the time. Anyway, um, Amber and I were looking for a replacement for Vocaroo, and we came across One Two Three Apps, and it has um, an audio voice recorder. But there are other tools here. So there's also a video recorder, um, a video editor. I'm gonna use air quotes. Mm. Um, audio cutter, audio joiner. Just use
2: the audio cutter today. How was it? It worked.
1: Yeah. And I'm like, how is this free? Yeah, I don't know. Don't tell all of your friends. Once (laughs) lots of people start using it is when stuff starts to not be free anymore. But I think these are some nice little tools, especially for people who are using Chromebooks, who sometimes struggle with finding um, those tools that iPads are really great at. Um, And so, yeah, some free tools here. PDF tools, all kinds of different things. So that's one to take a look at. Thanks for mentioning it probably 15 episodes ago, Wiley. If you did, I don't know.
2: Sure. It's always good to be
1: reminded. I of did a, a good search thing. in my drive and it never showed up anywhere, so I'm not sure that you've shared it.
0: Okay, maybe okay. I didn't. All right. Yeah. Okay. And definitely one I was aware of and I have used and recommended to people yeah. in the past. So yeah. well, it was good. Okay. I like it.
1: All right. Amber, you get to round up the tech nuggets. Woo!
2: Yay. So I just shared this with Mindy, and she was like, I'm going to put it on Tech Nuggets. I was like, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, As Mindy and I work on Think, Make, Innovate, we're always kind of looking for some background B-roll audio. Mm -hmm. Um, My default is YouTube Audio Library, which is my favorite place to go. Mm -hmm. But I think this one has some solid options in it. It is dig.ccmixer.org. Mixter. Mixter, yes, T E R. Yep. Uh, and you can just download mm-hmm. audio tracks, and it will tell so you free. when you cl- when you download it. Mm-hmm. There are some that are royalty on there. Mm-hmm. They, that'll say if you're using it for commercial purposes. Oh yeah, yeah okay. Um, but it'll tell you what that CC license is right. on it. But I would
1: say for the most part, they're, they're I know. know, but look here. Like if you look at these, our licenses overview. All of them are free to use.
0: But some will require different attributions, yes. probably. Right? Yes. but they're all mm-hmm. free.
1: So you can use them even in commercial projects, but you just have to give credit. Okay. Which right. is nice. Okay. So that's what my assumption was then, that all of them were like that since they listed their actual licenses there. Uh, the only thing I wish they
2: had on here was it would tell you how long the track was. Oh. It
0: doesn't, uh, yeah. doesn't yeah. say
2: that on there. But you can search by genre, which is what I searched for. Mm-hmm. I um, see
0: that. Your link says search by... Equals happy. Yeah. yeah. So I
2: only want happy music in my videos. Music well, with that TMI. makes sense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep.
0: But you can sort by different genres and search yep. for dark or cinematic or
1: dark. Jeez. no wow. happy. Okay. I think we can do it. Happy-, happy makers. <laughs> Okay, good. <laughs> we don't have dark makers. Jeez. No, why not? I mean, everyone's well, happy sure. when they're
0: making. Yeah,
2: mm-hmm. maybe it's a sad making video yeah. where everything goes wrong. Oh, mm. but
1: that's still happy. It, it is fail forward. There's always yeah, positive things to take Look at all it. the things you learn by failure, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Okay,
2: I, I think we should make a special think make innovate of Jonathan Wiley Ooh. making Ooh. in dark, creepy, cinematic oh! <laughs> No? No.
1: All right, let's <laughs> do it in grayscale. Oh God! I wow. Love that
0: bonus episode. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Bonus
1: episode, hidden mm-hmm. Easter egg, way at the end. <laughs> <laughs> All right, are we signing this puppy off? You have a before we go comma, but nope. nothing after that.
0: Nothing. Okay,
1: I am Team Carney on Twitter, and Jonathan is at Jonathan Wiley. Amber, you are at a Bridge Smith. Our team account is D-L-G-W-A-E-A, and you can use our hashtag EdTechTakeout to tag the show. If you prefer, you can send us an email to podcast at GWAEA.org.
0: So until next time.
1: This has been the EdTech Takeout. We hope it hit the spot.
0: For more information on today's episode, please visit dlgwaeaorg slash podcast.